Um, today's Pentecost Sunday, and Pentecost is the day of celebration within the church. We remember how the Holy Spirit came to the, uh, to the early church in the first days of the church and came with power to build the church and send God's people out into the world. And this time of year uh, in the spring, um, it's usually marked by a lot of celebrations. Anybody that is graduating or just graduated, just put a small hand up. Anybody, any graduates in the room? All right, let's go, Murphy. All right, um, well, congratulations to you. Uh, this is a time of the year where there's lots of retirements, graduations, anniversaries, and today we're having a, a party of sorts to celebrate um, this anniversary of the Holy Spirit, and we're celebrating the Spirit this morning and praising Him and enjoying Him today and then tonight at our Pentecost gathering. And uh, if you go to a celebration, you'll often hear a list of accomplishments for the person that is being honored at that celebration. And I love our prayer guide for the season of Pentecost, which they're out in the lobby. You can grab one. Um, but at the beginning of the prayer guide, I love how um, it talks about the Spirit. And I just wanted to, to read this sort of list of accomplishments to you about our God, the Holy Spirit. The truth of Pentecost that ought to invoke our adoration, reverence, and profound celebration is that there is no church without the Holy Spirit. In fact, what would we be left with without the Spirit? The Spirit hovered over the waters at creation, bringing the heavens and the earth to form. The Spirit flowed through the tongues and pens of prophets and scribes, breathing out the divine word. Mary conceived the Messiah through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism and empowered him for ministry, leading him to the desert, the garden, and the cross. Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. It was that same Spirit who descended upon that nascent community of women and men living in the wake of the cross, empty tomb and ascension, bringing a new creation called Ecclesia Church. And like Adam of old, this church, the body of Christ, was given its life breath from God the Spirit. It was this Spirit who filled the church with fruit, gifts, power, prayer, and love. It is into this one Spirit that all have been baptized into one body, and all were made to drink of this one Spirit. This spirit is the one who again turns formless into form, binding together that which had been torn long ago, unifying the scattered and broken into a beautiful mosaic of faith. We depend and have our life in the Holy Spirit. And we often don't take the opportunity to celebrate and praise him for all that he's done and is doing. But in our passage this morning, which is Jesus speaking with his disciples the night before the cross, Jesus talks about the Spirit. And Jesus is like our master of ceremonies this morning and today on this party for the Holy Spirit. And it's a party for, you could really say, Jesus' best friend. Jesus is throwing a party with us today for his best friend. And now when he talks about the Spirit in the passage, which we're about to read, 
He refers to the Spirit as he and him and his, not because the Spirit is a man or, or male, but because the Spirit is a real person. Our God, Father, Son, Spirit, is not just some force or idea or philosophy or movement, but is personal and real. And it is our God who speaks to us now from the Gospel of John. Some sections here from John 14 and John 16. John 14, starting in verse 15. Listen to what Jesus says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The commandment to love one another. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. If we, take a, if we take a moment to just like allow this stuff to settle on us, it's wild. Jesus is saying he's in his Father, and we're going to be in him, and he's going to be in us. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, there's lots of Judases, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and, he, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I live with you, leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then in John 16, Jesus continues, I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He's told them he's going to the cross, and they're sad. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. How is that possible? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the living God. Let's pray and ask his blessing. Our God, O Holy Spirit, uh, you are here and you are very welcome to our hearts and to this place. Spirit, we have no life without you because you give life to all things. And we thank you, O God, Father, Son, Spirit, that you have made each of us, that you have crafted us, that you have been at work in us. And Lord, we're restless, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be with us. And it's weird to pray this, Spirit. We pray that you would be with us so that we can give you praise and so we can celebrate you, that we can glorify you and the Son and the Father together, one God, forever. Be with us now as we spend some time in your word. We pray, Lord Jesus, in your name, amen. So this morning we're praising and celebrating the Spirit. Maybe it'll feel more like a celebration when there's food trucks and all that later. But for now, we'll do our best. And I just want to explore with you some of these things that Jesus tells us about the Spirit, his friend, so that the words of Jesus actually can lead us to worshiping the Spirit. Um, Jesus says here at the beginning of the passage that he will ask his Father and he will give you another helper. I just noticed that the word for that is paraclete or parakletos. My computer uh, autocorrected that to parakeet, um, which I just noticed. Not a parakeet. A dove, perhaps, but not a parakeet. A paraclete is a helper, a comforter, a defender, a friend. And then Jesus tells us how the Spirit is our helper. The first way that the Spirit is our helper, our paraclete, is that he brings the family together. He brings the family together. If you look there in that section, if you have the scripture, it's okay. If not, you can just listen. There in 18 to 24, Jesus is talking about that, that he is in his Father and that his people are in him and that he is in us. The Spirit brings the family of God together. Maybe there's someone in your family that when they show up, they bring everyone together. They're sort of the party starter for your family. Now, if you have a broken family or come from a broken family, which is all of us in some ways, some of us more maybe acute than others, but if you come from a broken family, then you notice when other families are healthy and when families get along and are whole and are close, it's obvious to you. And you also keenly notice if you come from a broken family or don't, you've lost family, you notice when people show up for you like family. Because that's what a family does, is a family shows up for one another. And so that stood out to me when I'm reading this passage and, and just thinking about our God, Father, Son, and Spirit, 
three persons, one God, ever three, ever one. That they are in one another, one God, beautifully giving and receiving life and glory from one another. And what Jesus is saying is that this, the Spirit, our helper, our friend, brings us into that family. The father of this family began the family, as fathers do. And the son lived perfectly. He came into this world and lived perfectly to give us a place as children in God's family. Our Lord Jesus, he died to take away our sin, which cursed us with, as orphans, as alienated from our family. And he died so that we could be forgiven and cleansed and adopted to be called daughters and sons of God. And he was raised by the power of this spirit. And when Jesus fell to the ground in his death and was buried, he, he fell like an acorn from a family tree. And when he was raised, that acorn sprouted this massive tree with branches throughout time and across the world reaching up to heaven from earth. Because that's what this new family is doing, bringing heaven and earth together in Christ. And the Spirit brings you and me into that family. That beautiful, life-giving, love-giving family of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. This is what God is like. He moves heaven and earth to make us part of His love, to share His love with us. And if you put your faith, your rest, your trust in Jesus, you are family with God. The truest thing about you is that you belong to Him and He belongs to you. And that's why Jesus in the next chapter talks about the vine and the branches, that He's the vine and the branches grow and bear fruit from the vine. So the Spirit makes a home for us in God. He actually takes us into God by, by the work of Jesus to settle us in. But He also makes a home for God in us. This is the kind of stuff that I, even as I'm saying it in church, I know it sounds like something that you've heard like a hundred thousand times if you've been in church. But don't let it pass you that what the Spirit is doing and has done, if you know Jesus, is made a dwelling place for God in you. That deep below everything God lives, beneath your thoughts, and beneath your feelings, and your experiences. When I, when I think about myself, I think about my thoughts and feelings. That's what it means to be me. But there is a deeper and truer self where God lives. He takes up residence inside you. I don't know what you think God thinks about you if you are in Christ. But He loves to live inside you to make a home for Himself. And to make a home for Himself from among all God's people. God takes up residence in the places that are vacant and dark in us. Uh, someone mentioned to me this past week that that uh, people in the Buddhist tradition, they call this place within us your original face before your mother was born. 
And of course, in the scripture, we know that God had intentions for us from before the foundation of the world. God has made a place for you for that self, which has existed in God forever. And he looks upon you in that place. He's there. He takes up residence in you right there in verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is our God. Did you know that? So the Spirit brings the family together, but also the Spirit teaches us. He is our teacher. Maybe you had a great teacher. I feel like everyone's favorite teacher was always their third grade teacher. I was talking with my daughter who's finishing third grade, and we were like, third grade, man, that's the teacher right there. The Spirit is our teacher. He teaches us by, by making memories. You might have uh, someone in your family that scrapbooks, and maybe you'll be a, you might be a scrapbooker yourself. If you're not now, you probably will be one day when you start caring about things that actually matter, right? And uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking forward to getting there myself. And we often groan when the person's putting together the scrapbook, like, oh, we're bringing out these, these pictures, they're embarrassing. But then later, we always bring it out and treasure it. In and, and, and verse 26, Jesus says, when the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, when he comes, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He is going to remind you of all the memories of what Jesus has done. Now, for the people that Jesus is speaking to, part of what that means for them is that the Spirit is going to come upon them in the writing of the New Testament. That we can encounter God through their remembrance of what Jesus has done. And we're going to explore that more over the summer as we explore Scripture. But think about how the Spirit teaches us I mean, he does it in the Word, of course. But none of us were there when these things happened. None of us were alive. We weren't even a, a glimmer in anyone's eye. When Jesus lived and died and was raised, we didn't see it. But what the Spirit does is he reminds us of memories that we don't even have. He brings into our memory things that we didn't experience. And I, I, I love when the Moraleses were up here earlier and big brothers and big sister were remembering things for one another that they could never possibly remember because they were too little. The Spirit is like that. He, he helps us to remember things that we didn't even experience to teach us of, of our memories of what God has done. He's the memory maker. But he's also the reality maker. And I'm just telling you all this so that we can worship him. And so that we can, that we can dwell with him and celebrate him and glorify him. In, in, in uh, 14.17, Jesus calls the Spirit the Spirit of truth. And then down in 16.13, he calls him again. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth. God the Holy Spirit created reality. The fact that we can experience anything is because He made all that. 
You ever, you ever go somewhere and you think about the person that was responsible for creating this place and what it means that it lives on today? The Spirit created reality, but He's still with us. The God that made everything is with you. That's the one who takes up residence in you. And He allows us to see what is really real. I mean, don't you want to see like the supernatural, magical world that is all around us and we feel it deeply, but we can't see it? The spiritual world that is real. The Spirit helps us to see. He reveals the spiritual. Uh, there's a new Obi-Wan show out, um, which, I mean, for Star Wars fans, it's quite good so far. Travis, would you agree? Okay, great. Um, Travis is my Star Wars aficionado, and I, I lean on you for that, okay? And uh, there's only three episodes out, but Obi-Wan, his, his master Qui-Gon Jinn, the Jedi master, has died. And yet he's supposed to be able to connect with him, with his spirit, and speak with him. So often he is calling Master Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon. And it's like we're all waiting in the show, like is Qui-Gon going to show up and speak to Obi-Wan and help him? This is what the Spirit does to us. He actually brings us to God and brings God to us so that we can speak with God. We pray in the Spirit. We worship in the Spirit. How powerful must the Spirit be in order to meet each of us where we are and when we gather, when we cry out, oh, Master Lord Jesus, we never have to wait for Him to show up. He's there. The Spirit takes us to Him. He's powerful. He brings power. If you look at um, verse 8 there in chapter 16, or don't look, you can just listen. Jesus is saying when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin. He starts talking about the power of the Spirit in the world. It's actually all throughout this passage. But when you think about the Spirit, think about the power of breath. He's the breath of life. He breathes into us. Like when we sing, it was great. I could hear, I could hear you guys singing beautifully this morning. When we sing, the Spirit is providing the actual literal breath that we push out of our body. But more so, He's providing the power and the beauty of that voice, which is beyond words. It's spiritual when we sing. Because the Spirit sings in His power. Paul says in Romans 8 that we live in the power of the Holy Spirit and that the power of the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Something that had never happened before the way it happened to Jesus. He was dead and gone and the Spirit came and raised Him and brought Him to new life. That that Spirit now gives power to your mortal body. The same Spirit at work in Him is the same Spirit that is at work in you. Praise the Spirit. We live in His power. And we are moved by His power, whether we know it or not. Yesterday, uh, my youngest daughter, Rosie, with the cool headband on for the Spirit and the space buns. Uh, Rosie was learning to ride the bike yesterday. She started out the day not being able to go and finished the day pretty much riding the thing. 
and uh, because she's exceptional. She's a horn. And uh, as she was riding, she can ride the bike, no problem. But what's hard when you're learning to ride is trusting the momentum of the bike, that once it gets going, that it will hold you. And I kept telling her that the power of your momentum is what's going to keep you steady and take you down the sidewalk on a beautiful ride with the wind in your hair and like bugs in your teeth, you know, like that the power of, of the momentum of the bike is going to take you and steady you. That is the Spirit, this person, God, the Holy Spirit, comes in His power and moves us and steadies us if we trust in His power. Jesus wouldn't have promised Him if He wasn't able to sustain us. But what I love when I was out with Rosie on the sidewalk, I loved all of it actually, but she said to me, you know, I feel like I can only ride my best when you're behind me. Not in front or to the side or even hold. When you're behind me and I know that you're behind me, then I can go. She needed the power to go, but she also needed a friend. Right? Yeah. To go with her. And that's what I, I, I want to bring this down here to lead us into worship, is that the Holy Spirit is our friend. He's God. He's a powerful friend. He's unlike us in so many ways. But He is ours. Jesus says in, in verse 14, He will glorify Me. The Spirit glorifies Jesus. That's what a friend does. A good friend Sometimes as guys, we like to think a good friend just means someone that will make fun of you all the time because we're insecure. Um, but, what a, but what a true friend does is a friend says, I see what's in you and it's beautiful and it's powerful and I want more. Give me more. I enjoy you. And that's exactly what the Spirit did and does with our Lord Jesus. He makes much of Jesus. And that's exactly why Jesus can say, it is to your advantage that I leave, because then my friend will come. Another helper. My friend, my best friend Matt has preached in our church a couple of times, and that's exactly how I feel when he comes. It's to your advantage that I leave, that he come in, right? Jesus sent his best friend to be our friend. And I've I got to give a lot of credit to Sinclair Ferguson, who's a pastor. Um, and this, a lot of this is sort of stirred in me from him. But I was listening to him talk about what a friend and paraclete and comforter, defender that the Spirit was to Jesus. The Holy Spirit caused Jesus to be incarnate in His mother, Mary. And He comforted Jesus in the womb. In Jesus' life, in His ministry, in His miracles, the Spirit was with Him and upon Him, empowering Him, comforting Him, causing Him to continue to give more and more of Himself. The Spirit comforted Jesus at the cross and sustained Him so that He could do His Father's will to die for His people. And then the Spirit dwelt with Christ's body in the tomb and comforted Christ in death. 
And then, of course, He brought Jesus from death to glorious life. That friend, that helper, that counselor is our God and is in you if you are in Christ. You know Him, Jesus says. 16 and 17. He's going to send you the Helper to be with you, even the Spirit of Truth. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Don't you want to know Him? Because what couldn't be possible if this Spirit is real and is within you? And if you've ever loved someone, then you know that a person can simultaneously be so intimate and so known to you and yet absolutely mysterious and unknowable. And that is, that is our spirit to us. The intimate friend who knows us and calls us to know Him and yet is mysterious and full of power. And so that's our only response to that is to, is to worship Everything that we're going to do now and for the rest of our day and the rest of our days is through Him. Um, so I want to give, give us a moment to pray. Let's stop. Let's pray. We're going to sing a song to the Spirit. But let's take a moment to pray. I'm, going to give, I'm just going to give you a minute. If the Spirit is within you, just to go to be with Him and thank Him. And if you don't know the Spirit, to invite the Lord Jesus in. Take a moment. Oh, Spirit, uh, You're beautiful. You are powerful. You are our teacher, our friend. Lord, often we are, feel so friendless and alone, and yet You are with us. Oh, Lord, send Your power, Your glorious power. Oh, Spirit, we know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy Spirit, please cultivate this fruit, the fruit of Your life and love and power in us. Lord, we praise You that You are near us. And ask that You would receive our praises. Pray, Holy Spirit, that You would come upon us. We pray in the name of Jesus, Your friend. Amen.